anything. It's for them. <laughs> um, okay. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, I want to preface this by saying uh, this is not my comfort zone, just so everybody knows. Uh, speaking in front of people, um, you know, your, your pastor is, uh, is good at that. My husband has never met a stranger, but me, I am someone who says, um, good, thank you, when somebody says hi. So uh, that's me. <laughs> so, so just bear with me. And you know, at, at my home church, I've really been trying not to spend the first um, 10 minutes talking about how nervous I am, but uh, then I get nervous, and, and then I start talking about how nervous I am. So I'm working on it. Uh, I, I am a work in progress. So this is one of those cases where um, in my weakness, he is made strong, definitely. Uh, one of the first times I spoke was, um, and I've only done this like a handful of times, so like maybe five or six. I think it's about how many. But one of the first times I spoke was um, on, and Mos on Moses. And I cannot tell you how much I related to Moses in that moment. And it's not the let my people go, Moses, the Ten Commandments. It was the, what, God? I can't go in front of Pharaoh. I can't talk. I, I have a slow tongue. I can't talk right, you know? And we know he had like a stutter or a speech impediment or something. So I, I felt very, very close to, to Moses in that moment, um, except for I was saying, God, I can't do this. I turned completely beet red. Uh, my mind goes completely numb, hence my 20 pages of notes up here. And, uh, and I'm constantly screwing up my words. So just so you guys know, that's, that's what's going to happen. And of course, like Moses... I was, I was reminded of who made the blood that was rushing to my face and the blood vessels that carried it there and, and the brain that was specifically handcrafted for this particular body that words would just mysteriously vanish from. But one thing that I have learned to embrace and maybe even lean into a little bit is the constant screwing up of my words. Um, it happens, you know, and, and I, I find that it brings joy and laughter to people around me when they have the opportunity to laugh at my failure. So, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> oh, man, isn't it such great news, though, that it's in our weakness that he's made strong? I am so thankful for that. And, you know, what is that, sim that, that means is, is that, you know, he can take our weakest, uh, most yuckiest characteristics or traits and, uh, and use them in such a, in a mighty way and to show that it's, it's his strength, right, not ours. So, you know, that's when it's, uh, that has to be God because Holly sucks at that. Like, that's, that's what that means. And it's genius, right? God is a genius. We are without excuse, absolutely. Uh, God will use our strengths. He will. But he will use your weakness as well, a lot. He wastes, God wastes nothing. I love that. I heard that at our leadership conference. It was just such a small God wastes nothing, and it, it resonated just so deeply with me. He uses the whole pig, right? He uses all of it, every part of it, the good, the bad, the ugly. He will use it all. 
And, you know, God will also use our, our weakest and lowest points in our life to show his glory. And, and, you know, how else do we get testimonies, right? That's how we get our testimonies. And, and the testimony isn't about what we did. It's about what, what God did for us, through us, right? You know, when we watch people's testimonials, right, for products or, or whatever it is they're trying to sell, it's not themselves that they're trying to sell. They're trying to show you the value of the product, right? And they're trying to get you on board to either try it or buy it. And, and it's usually, you know, they are the evidence of it, right? You know, it made my wrinkly skin tighter, or it made my food taste better, or it made my lashes grow longer. It did that, right? It made me better. So they're giving an account of their experience. And testimony means witness. It means to be a witness, to testify, to bear record. It also means evidence given, right? Anything evidential. And I thought that was so cool when I was looking that up because we are the evidence, right? I am the evidence. Evidence that no matter what I have done or where I've been or how unqualified or uneducated I think I am, God will still use me. And he'll use me to show others that he can use them too. So because I am the evidence, I am also the witness. I am the witness and the evidence. So um, I'm going to read uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 29 to you guys. If you want to turn there, you can. Otherwise, I will just read it to you. Um, I got this scripture last night when I was sitting talking to Joy, and I thought that it just kind of summed up my whole, everything that I had here, because I was like, I don't know if I have enough scriptures, and then she said this to me, and I was like, okay, yeah, that's good, that's exactly right. So 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 29, for ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh would glory in his presence. I'm going to read that from the message real quick, too. Um, I like the way it said it. It says, Take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this life. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you. Not many influential, not many from high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses, chose these nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies? That makes it quite clear that none of you get by with blowing your own horn before God. Yes. You know, and that is, that's God's whole thing, I feel like. That, that was Jesus' whole thing, right? Picking up randos off the side of the road, like literally picking up the, the randos, the unqualified, the uneducated. I was thinking on the way here, John the Baptist, we probably thought, we would have thought he was some homeless dude just screaming on the side of the road. That's what I think of when I think of John the Baptist. I mean, we're like, we're supposed to be like the freaks and the weirdos. That's what we are, right? Which 
is good because I feel like I fit into that. <laughs> but but he he absolutely does pick up you know the crazies and and he uses us to show that it is really not about us. It is about him and what he can do, right? He picks up the randos, the underdogs, the nobodies. And you know what their superpower was in the Bible every time, we, you know, we, we see all these people? It was obedience. That was all, right? God asked and they answered. That's all it took. There was no great feat that they had to, to accomplish. You know, there was no background check. Uh, there was no patents of nobility that they had to have. I mean, it was, it was just saying yes and being willing. Saying yes to God is everything. That's everything. Saying yes to his gift of salvation by grace through faith. Saying yes after we stumble and fall and he calls us back. I didn't know about that. Saying yes even when it sounds crazy and logic says it'll never work. Saying yes even when the fear is crippling. And we just have to trust him to be our legs. <laughs> and saying yes, because he knows better than we know ourselves. So when we say yes, and we allow God to be God, it gives strength to our weakness, right? And then it creates testimony by which we are then manifesting the evidence of God. We are the evidence, right? For those that do know me know that me standing up here right now and speaking to you guys is absolutely the evidence of God. That's, that, I mean, absolutely, because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, but understand that obedience is not always easy. Just like our walk isn't always easy, it usually isn't easy, seems like. Is it worth it? Yes. Is it easy? No. You know, God can and will ask you to do things that are so far out of your wheelhouse for growth's sake. And so his glory can really shine through. And so there will be no doubt that it's him, right? And God is a, he's an all or nothing, go big or go home kind of God, right? He is the more than enough, overflowing, never-ending, exceeding abundantly, you know, above all. And the Bible, you know, it references uh, all the stars in the sky, all the sands of the sea, as far as the east is from the west, you know, all this forever and ever, amen. It's big stuff, right? Um, Colossians 2, 6 and 7 uh, says, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so ye walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving, abounding therein. Um, one thing that I do like to do whenever I'm doing my studies is I love looking up the Hebrew and the Greek translations. If anybody knows what the Strong's Concordance is, that big giant book, when you're reading and then you look and you're like, oh, that's what that really means. That's so cool. And so I was looking up um, some of these words and um, in verse six, it says, so ye walk in him. So I looked up walk and usually beforehand I listened to the pronunciation of the Greek words, I didn't have a whole lot of time. So, uh, I believe it is peripateo, is walk, right? And, the, and it means to live, to deport oneself, 
to follow and to be occupied with. I thought that was so cool, to deport oneself, right? We're supposed to, to walk with him and, and absolutely be occupied with that. And then in verse 7, it talks about uh, abounding therein, right, in our faith, abounding. And the Greek word is perishuo, which means to superabound, to be in excess, to be superfluous, excel, to have more abundance, to be more abundant, enough to spare, exceed, right? That's how we're supposed to be in our walk with God, in our faith. You know, we talk about small groups. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, you know, a big abounding church. I'm talking about how we are with God in our faith, to give everything we have, right? And you know, God will ask you to step out of your comfort zone when it comes to this so that we will grow and to show his fullness. But he never asks us to do it alone. Never, ever, ever. He's so specific about how he will never, ever leave you alone. Never leave you. Never forsake. He says it a lot in the Bible, right? And, and I'm telling you, public speaking has literally been my greatest fear besides wasps and suffocating. But it is... It is right up there. But God, yeah. God didn't just throw me in, though, and yell, swim. You know, that's, that's not how it happened. When I was first asked to speak, it was for the little five to seven minute window at the offering. And I was still, like, so, so scared. Like, I prepared and prepared and prepared for just this little tiny window. And I still had to have, like, my, my tablet up there and, and reading because my mind was just, and I was turning beet red. It was just, it was a lot. But then after that, then I was asked, after I did that a couple times, I was asked to do a ladies' meeting, which was, like, 20 minutes. And I was like, okay, that was a little, you know. And then they asked me to do my first Sunday morning service. And that but they gave me like three months, okay? Like three months to prepare slash freak out. And, but I did it, right? I said yes. I, I wasn't even like thinking about I knew if I thought about it, it would be no. I mean, that's just all there is to it. So it was just like, okay, yes, I'll do it. And all through this time, I was also doing these, uh, we have like these book clubs, classes, you know, we'll read the book and then we'll all come together. And so I was practicing also talking in front of everybody there which like I can be like this and start talking and my face would just beat red. Nobody can see it, but it's still beat red because I'm talking and I know people can hear me. God has helped me with the, with the beat red stuff a lot. So I'm very, very thankful for that. But, but God was so gracious because he did ease me into it. I wasn't just thrown right into it. And so I know that where God calls you, right, he will equip you. He absolutely will. And we know that with God, all things are possible. Yes. Um, I'm going to read one more scripture. It's, and I'm actually going to open my Bible for this one. Ephesians 3, 16 through 20. Um, let's see. All right. This is a, I think a lot of people know this one. Um, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye may be rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ with which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. 
Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, uh, world without end. Amen. Yes. And, and I, you know, I, I love the Message Bible, and I love my King James. I am very extreme. Like, one is the these and the thous, and then the message is very today talk. And verse 20 in the message says, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply, gently within us. Hallelujah. Um, and, you know, this message is not specific to stepping into your, being obedient and stepping into your calling, even though that is very, very, very important. But I'm, you know, I mean, being obedient concerning all things in our walk, right? Being all in, all the time, willing to go and to do and, and to change anything at any given time. Um, we have to, I, I think we have to stop thinking about obedience as an option. I think a lot of the times, you know, mm, okay, maybe I'll do that. Uh, I don't know if I can do that, God. We really, if God asks you to do something, it shouldn't be an option, right? God will ask us to do something and we'll say, mm, let me pray on it, you know, and God's the one asking. I mean, <laughs> so <laughs> I know that when, when God is dealing with me about something, he will put it like right at the forefront of my mind, right? And I can't shake it. It's all I think about until I, I do something about it. It's, it just is right there. And, you know, I think we can all agree we want to be more like Jesus, right? That's, that's what we strive for. So what we, we have to do is we have to continually crucify our flesh, right, and present ourselves as a living sacrifice and constantly be renewing our mind. That's a I constantly have to renew my mind. This mind right here, I mean, I think you might be able to tell just from, it's, it's crazy what goes on up here. I don't want to get too, too into it. <laughs> but, but when we do these things, when we, you know, we bring it as a living sacrifice and we renew it, God will take from us pieces, piece by piece. He'll take gross self and ungodliness and, and whatever fleshly desire that we're dealing with right then and he'll replace it with more of him. Beauty for ashes, right? Godliness for garbage. Uh, God is so good, he will absolutely take what, what we have, this, this gross yuck, but we have to lay it down first, right? He's not just going to come and be a bully and take it from us. We have to lay it down, right? A living sacrifice, and, and that is the, the beautiful exchange, right? A steaming pile of garbage for more of him. I mean, that's amazing. Um, I'm not going to lie either. I, I wonder a lot what the heck I'm doing up here. I really, I really do, right? I'm not qualified. I, I only understand what I'm reading about half the time. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, most of the time I spend 30 minutes on one scripture just trying to figure it out, right? But I do. I mean, I, it always, it always, whenever I'm getting these little sermons ready, I, I freak out. I'm like, oh, God, what am I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I mean, I'm just, you know, looking, but it always comes together every single time. And, you know, my past is, uh, my past. Uh, I, I feel like if I did give my testimony, I would keep you guys here all day long. But it was, 
it was only a couple years ago that I was, I was depressed, anxiety-ridden, borderline agoraphobic, alcoholic, and that is just the tip of the iceberg. And, and so suffice it to say, God forgave me 500 pence worth, right? I was the one on the far end of the spectrum. And God is just, he's been so amazing to me. And, and the awesome thing is, you know what? It, that doesn't even matter because his grace is sufficient for me. I, you know, I could have been so much worse, which I don't know how, but I, it still would have been, his grace still would have been enough. I mean, I'm, it's pretty awesome. I, he, you know, he does qualify the unqualified. I am that testimony. I am, you know, that evidence. I may be weak. He is strong. I may fall short, but he makes up the difference every time, right? He always comes through, and he, he'll never ask us to do something and then, and then say, okay, see you. Do it. Good job. He's always faithful, right? He, he, all he wants from us is obedience. That's all. God wants every bit of us. That's what he wants, just more of us, and, and then we get more of him. And I'm telling you, your soul will never find more rest than when you are all in with Jesus, right? Amen. I mean, that's what we were created for. That's exactly what we were created for. It's like you finally go, oh, this is it. This is what it's about. Amen. Well, 